psalm. Like, they're all really good psalms, right? Hey, Morena, Katsupihia Koto, how you doing? Yeah, a few kind of g'days. Um, buenos dias, como estas? Hey, buenos dias, buenos dias, good to see you all, eh? Hey, and kia to the people on the podcast, how you doing? Keep Oz on the road, wash those dishes really well. I'm staring at where it's recorded, which is super weird because I don't know where you are. But. Hey, um, why don't you just turn to someone and say, kia ora, really good to see you. Is that a good? Kia ora, super good to see you. You look amazing, you look fabulous. Something too good. I was worried that Robert didn't move. I was like, wow, but he did. Thanks, bro. If you're visiting, um, welcome. And just, you know, Robert is like an extreme extrovert. So when it's that, just turn to someone and say, g'day, Robert's up welcoming half the church. And I thought you didn't move. And I was all worried, like, whoa, are you sick? What's going on? But you're okay. <laughs> Good to see you, eh? Cool. Hey, um, spiritual gifts, as we were still powering through. Um, so a couple of things. I just keep being really excited getting texts and emails and conversations with people who have done the workbook, maybe in a life group or just by themselves, um, like Impact have been doing a whole bunch of cool stuff, which is the young adults, and people just getting super excited as they're starting to discover their spiritual gift and where God might be leaving them, right, which is really cool. So I've had a few people call me because they were just so excited, they needed to talk to someone about it, which is like, oh my God, and they're like literally going, oh my goodness, I'm so excited, now I can see where I can plug in and serve God, this is so cool. Um, Impact did a real cool thing on Tuesday night, they were in here and they had a massive whiteboard and Eva drew these cool little like pictures of like gifts and stuff, and then they wrote on them their name and what their gifts were and stuff, and they were all talking. It was really cool, so super exciting. So if you haven't done the workbook, um, be good to kind of get onto that soon. I know it's pretty grunty, but just do, I don't know, a few minutes a night while you're drinking coffee or something. Um, and then in probably in about a month's time, we're going to be doing those consultations, which is where you'll come to church um, and catch up with uh, one of the elders and their spouse and just talk about what it looks like uh, your gifts have come to, and how that could you could plug in the church or into the community. So that's kind of where we're heading, eh? All good? Super good. Hey, let me pray, and then we'll get into a kind of weird sermon, but that's all good. Let me pray, and then we'll get into it, eh? All good? Yeah. Yeah, morena atua. We are humble <laughs> always uh, before you. Uh, that the creator of the universe cares about us. Um, like Tama said, that the, the creator of the universe uh, doesn't just look at us in love, but he acts on our behalf to redeem us from a life of sin and lostness and purposelessness. Um, and to, to not just say we're worthy, but to help us understand what that means, that we are worthy. Yeah, because of being created in your image, because of you sacrificing your son in our place. Just incredible, God. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, I pray you'll um, guide me as we talk about this kind of interesting gift this morning. Can you give people that this connects with them? Can you give them real wisdom? Because this is quite a huge one for them, God. So can you give them great wisdom? Yeah. Help them to process it with you and then find someone good to process it with. I think that'd be good. Yeah, but clarify your teaching for us this morning as we dig into Corinthians. Yeah, pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, so we're looking at the spiritual gift of singleness this morning, which is kind of an interesting one, right? And when you look in the lists that Paul does, you're kind of like, what? Singleness? What's going on? But as an eldership, when we kind of were studying all the different 
um, gifts. Uh, this is one Paul uses. We're going to look at heaps of verses in a minute. Paul uses the same um, Greek word for when he talks about the gift of singleness that he did for all the other gifts, right? And so he talks about the gift of helps, the gift of preaching and teaching, the gift of service, the gift of whatever, and the gift of singleness. And so we were like, ah, oh, this is kind of an interesting one. So that's what we're going to, well, I'm going to be talking about this morning, this gift of singleness. I um, want to give a good shout out. So um, John Mark Comer, who heaps of you will know, he wrote a book called Loveology um, a few years ago. Really good book talking about all the whole aspect of love. What does love mean in marriage, Garden of Eden, singleness, gay, the whole thing. It's a really, really helpful book. Um, so I've stolen a, a bunch of my stuff this morning out of there, so I'm going to give a shout-out to him. Um, I want to begin with a bit of an apology, right? So let me kind of read this out, because I want to say this real carefully. Um, the church historically has done a really bad job, I think, <laughs> of talking about singleness. Um, the church has done, and not necessarily our church, but the church in general, uh, has talked like marriage is the pinnacle of service to Christ, and that you aren't really a Christian if you're single. I find it really interesting that Jesus was single, <laughs> and we're called to be like him in everything we do. So therefore, how important really is marriage, right? Further, the Apostle Paul was single. He was probably married earlier on in his life, but he's definitely single the whole time he is doing his service to Jesus Christ. So I just want to apologize on behalf of the leadership team. If you're a member of CBC, if you're on the podcast, if you're here, part of our faith community, if you've ever felt that we as a church have minimized who you are in Christ because you're single and you're not married and you don't have kids or whatever, then we just apologize because that's not what the Word of God says. It doesn't say that, right? And you're going to see that very clearly, very powerfully this morning in words that we're going to look at um, from the Apostle Paul so we would never want to make anyone believe there's some kind of extra level to salvation, right? We as a church believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And it's only through believing in his death and resurrection that we receive new life. This new life is the same for all of us, married, single, kids without kids, gay, straight, trans, whatever. Jesus is the way to God for all people. And he brings incredible equality from a world that has nothing but inequality and, and judgment. So, yeah, if that's you and you've felt that we've treated you wrong or we've been pressuring you saying, yeah, real Christians get married or anything stupid like that, then we apologise and I would love a chance to catch up with you and talk about that. So if that's you, I'd, I'd love to catch up with you. So looking at this gift of singleness, it's kind of a wild one, and it's, Paul's pretty full on the way he talks about singleness. So I put the first verse on the screen. So, um, well, first verse on the screen. Ah, oh, I give up. Jordan, can you just work your magic back there, bro? Is that all good? Yeah. So here's the first verse. Um, first Corinthians 7, 7. We're going to look at a lot of um, chapter 7 this morning. Uh, Paul says, but I wish everyone was single. What? What is he saying? I wish everyone was single, just as I am, yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. Um, like I said, often the church has this crazy focus on marriage and that you're not complete until you get married. And I was talking to one of my friends this week who was a youth pastor for a couple of years, um, two or three years ago. And I wasn't even talking about what I was going to preach on this morning. And I was just like, oh man, I didn't know that. How was it being a youth pastor? And she goes, oh my gosh, it was the worst two years of my life. And I thought, because she was looking after smelly youth kids, right? No disrespect to smelly youth 
in our church. Um, and she said, no, 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 no. It's because everyone was trying to get her married for the whole two years. And she was in her early 20s. And she said, honestly, people would have her around for dinner and be like, so have you met so-and-so? And tried to hook her. She said it was like two years of like trying to get married, drove her bonkers. And I feel like that's where a lot of, um, a lot of people are or were, right? Um, but I love what Paul says there. I wish everyone was single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So you can see real clearly here that he's talking about it's a gift. Um, we're going to see that in other verses. You can see him saying really clearly that there's a real benefit in being single, right? And he's going to unpack that pretty clearly, that there's this massive benefit in being single. I want to start by saying, uh, well, start, I don't know, we're into it. Um, I do want to acknowledge very carefully that I think the gift of singleness is a very heavy gift. <laughs> it's a real hard gift. To have. If God calls you to this, if God gifts you with that gift of singleness, and I'm going to define it and explain it, but I think it's a really hard one to have, right? I think some of the gifts you're like, woohoo, I've got the gift of helps. I just love helping people. Yeah, it's awesome. I've got the gift of whatever, you know, yeah. Um, but some of the gifts are heavy, and I think this gift of singleness is a very heavy one to have, and one that if you believe that's a gift God's giving you, you need to think and pray and process very carefully, right, for the reasons I'm going to talk about in a, in a minute. At the same time, I think all of the gifts do take work, right? N nothing like, I think, the gift of singleness. So, for example, there's cool people in this church that have the gift of hospitality. Not one of them that I know invites people around for dinner after church, gets home and is like, whoa, already the house is cleaned and the meal's cooked and it's already, what, how did this happen? Oh, yes, it's because of the gift, the Holy Spirit's done, you know, <laughs> they go home and clean and invite you and cook and all that stuff. Does that make sense? Everyone's looking at me real serious. That was meant to be kind of funny. It's all good? Okay. Moving on. Um, and like me, when I, I hope I have the gift of preaching and teaching, feel free to say, bro, so don't stop preaching. That'd be awesome. Um, I don't like go to my, to my laptop during the week and be like, all right, Lord, I need a sermon for Sunday. Can you just download it? And oh, and there it is. And I know it. And you know, it takes hours and hours of wrestling and, and studying and all that good stuff, right? So most of our gifts, we want to develop them. It takes a lot of time. But I want to acknowledge when that gift of singleness to me is a, is a next level um, hard, a next level kind of real heavy one. <laughs> um, I wrote this down. Hey, some people who have this gift wish they did not. <laughs> Others who do not have this gift wish they did. And some will have this gift for a time, but not forever. Or like Paul, you may be widowed or divorced and receive this gift later in life. But the most important thing I want to communicate this morning is that marriage or singleness or whatever gift you have is certainly not the most important thing about you. The most important thing about you is whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and how intentional you are about that relationship. We can get really hung up about getting married or not getting married and all this kind of stuff, and it's like that's all important to wrestle with. But the key thing is where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? To me, that's really, really key, right? Hey, let's have a look at some more verses in um, 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians, if you've got your Bible, it would be good to go there, because we're going to read a, a few chunks of, um, of 1 Corinthians. So it's always better if you kind of follow along, I think, rather than just me nattering away. I, I was debated putting these on the screen, but I was like, ah, oh, there's so much. I think it's good to, for us to, to get there. So 1 Corinthians 7. Um, 29 to 31. This is a real interesting passage. It's kind of got a bit of a like, ha, ha. I never saw that before. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me read this. Seven, um, starting in verse 29. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Wow. 
Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. I just find this really interesting, the little list of things that Paul's put there. A lot of us straight away go to, to the middle and we're like, yeah, you shouldn't weep, you shouldn't be absorbed by possessions. What is this madness? Man, you shouldn't become attached to the things of this world. Oh, this is kind of crazy. But the thing you see in this list of these three points, the very first one he says is marriage. And one of the things he's saying, again, we're thinking about this gift of singleness. One of the things he's saying right up front is that you've got to be really careful you don't become kind of obsessed about marriage, thinking that marriage is the be-all and the, the end-all of, of my life. Um, what does he mean in here when he says um, so from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Um, what's he kind of meaning in here? I, I, I think, obviously, he's not meaning from now on, my wife Josephine sitting in here, that I can just be like, woohoo, catch you when I catch you, Jose. I'm off to serve Jesus, because he said, don't, <laughs> don't focus only on their marriage. So if I see you this week, I see you. But obviously, you know, he's obviously not saying that, right? If he did, Jose would kick me. I'd be sleeping on the couch for a long time, which would not be good, right? Um, He's not meaning that. He's meaning that we shouldn't be trying to find our, our fulfillment, our completion, our everything in marriage, right? There's a lot to do. And that, well, you're going to see a massive point he's going to make in a minute, right? Um, Paul's saying the most important thing is, in life is not possessions, all the things of this world, or marriage. The most important thing is always a connection with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Only he is going to be able to bring fulfillment and purpose and meaning, right? If you're married, you will never, I want to say this really carefully, if you're married, you will never find fulfillment or true happiness in your spouse. They will never complete you, no matter what Tom Cruise says. <laughs> they just can't. Only Jesus Christ can fulfill you. Only Jesus Christ can bring meaning and direction to your life, not your marriage partner. <laughs> so if you're single and thinking about getting married, you can't think, man, when I get married, then everything. It's like, no, 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 no. The only thing that will bring meaning and purpose and completeness is relationship with Jesus. Marriage is awesome, singleness is awesome, but that's the key, right? Okay, let's work through a couple of questions that John Mark Comer had in his book, which I thought was super helpful. Um, so here's the first one. Uh, do you have the gift of singleness, right? Do you have the gift of singleness? That's kind of the massive question that you've got to ask, right? And, and if so, how do I know? That's kind of where we're going. Um, so here's a definition of the gift of singleness from um, our workbooks that um, the amazing Dave put together. So singleness, to voluntarily remain single without regret and with the ability to maintain controlled sexual impulses, which we need to talk about, so as to serve the Lord without distraction, right? I think that's cool. Let me read it again. To voluntarily remain single without regret and with the ability to maintain controlled sexual impulses so as to serve the Lord without distraction. I love that, right? I love that. Um, over the years, I've talked to, I'm sure like you, I've talked to a bunch of guys, not ladies, who've said, man, I would love to have a couple of weeks off being married, right? Now, they're not meaning they want to go to Vegas and do evil, disgusting things. They're just meaning I want to be really selfish for a couple of weeks. And often when you talk about it, you're like, what do you mean? They're like, man, imagine just going to the beach, living at, not with my wife, and going to the beach and living at the, the batch for a couple of weeks. I wouldn't have to shave, wouldn't have to shower. I could just eat pure meat with maybe a potato every now and then. Um, it would just be like glorious. I would use the floor as my wardrobe, which most of us guys do anyway, right? I've never understood why would you hang up a perfectly good T-shirt that you could wear another day, just carefully chuck it on the floor, and it's normally there the next day. Um, 
that's not what Paul's talking about when he talks about the gift of singleness, right? <laughs> Being selfish and just living for myself. That's totally not what he's, he's saying. Um, it's this, the end of this, and we're going to look at verses that explain this real carefully. So the end of it, the whole point in this gift is so as to serve the Lord without um, distraction. So you've got to remember, and we've talked about this heaps through this series, the whole reason we're given spiritual gifts by the Holy Spirit is to bless the church, right? To bless the church. Yeah, we always find fulfillment. We always find blessing when we use our gifts, whatever that gift is. Um, so the gift of singleness, there's going to be blessing, there's going to be fulfillment for that person, but the reason they have that gift is so they can bless the church, right? Kind of makes sense. It's not so they can be selfish and live at the beach and not shave for two weeks. Okay, um, let's look at this quote. I love this quote from John Mark Comer. Uh, he says, Do you have the calling and ability from God to live single in order to serve God in a greater capacity? Make sure you get that last part. For followers of Jesus, the point of singleness isn't freedom from responsibility. It's freedom from more responsibility. <laughs> Do you see that? Eh? I love that. I want to read that again. That, just that last bit. For followers of Jesus, the point of singleness isn't freedom from responsibility. It's freedom from more responsibility. It's not to be able to live a selfish life so that I can just do whatever I want when I want. It's so that my life will have a whole bunch more time to serve Jesus and to bless the church. It makes sense, eh? Makes sense? Um, so as you guys know, I used to work at a Bible college over in Tauranga, and almost every year we would have students that were so set on serving God that they would literally be choosing not to date, not to get married, for a time. Usually it was for a time, because they just wanted to be able to serve God with everything that they were, um, often in New Zealand, but often overseas. And so there was one guy, and he was very marriable, and there was a lot of young ladies kind of like, hey, you know, casually sitting with him at dinner and all this. But him and I had chatted, and he was like, I would love to be married, but I know God's called me to be single for a time because he was off overseas to do a whole bunch of mission stuff for a bunch of years. And he was like, I'm just not going to be able to do that if I'm married. And I was always like, wow, that is the gift of singleness, right? He's not doing it to be selfish. He's doing it to, to serve God greater. I love that, eh? I love that. Um, let's look at these verses, and you'll see Paul say this real clearly here in 1 Corinthians 7, um, 32, uh, down to where we're going, 32 to 35. This is a real powerful passage, so if you're with me, jump there. If you're listening, just real zone in on this, but I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. That's kind of the key phrase in this, right? His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Let me read that last verse again, verse 35. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. It's pretty simple to understand, right? <laughs> um, pretty simple to understand. So I'm married to Josephine. I just can't go out every night and serve the Lord. I, I just can't because I have, as he says, I have responsibilities to hang out with Joseph and be a friend and, and do that stuff. Whereas if I was a single guy, I'd be, you know, I could be out every night doing stuff. Does it make sense? Are you with me? So when I started at the church here, Joseph and I had a big chat, and we were like, how many nights out a week do we think I could do without messing up our relationship? And we were like, three. Three seems pretty good. So we tried three for two or three months, and then Joseph was like, 
it's just too many. You just because it mean, means a real long day for me, right? Yeah, it's just too many. You're, you're getting really tired. We're just not spending enough quality time together. So we were like, cool, let's drop it down to two, which is exactly what Paul's saying, right? <laughs> if I was a single guy, I wouldn't have that earthly responsibility. I could just serve God with all of me. Makes sense, eh? Cool, shot team. Okay, so that's that first question. I think it's pretty clear. Um, is Do I have the gift of singleness? It's not so I can be really selfish <laughs> and never shave and shower. Um, uh, it's so that I have a calling. I feel a calling on my life to serve God. And I know that calling is so strong and powerful that I know I'm going to be able to do it way better single. Because if I get married, there's responsibilities, right? So the next question is pretty massive. So is everyone sitting down? Thanks for the feedback, love it. It's all good. All right, this next question is pretty, pretty massive, but I think it's the core question. Will marriage help me or hold me back from God's calling on my life? It's a big question, yeah? Real big question, right? Will marriage help me or hold me back from my calling, from God's calling on my life? So the question is not, should I get married? That's not the question. <laughs> or should I remain single? That's not the question. The question is, the calling that God's put on my life, how am I best going to fulfill that? How am I best going to serve him? In a married capacity or in a single capacity? And heaps of people go, single, that's it. And it might be for a time, it could be for your whole life. And heaps of people are going to say, married, I, I, I'm going to fulfill this better married. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff married couples can do that a single person can't do, right? Heaps of stuff, so kind of cool. Um, I, I, I just want to stop here for a second and, and be careful. <sighs> if you're currently single, for whatever reason, I don't know, right? And as I'm preaching, and as we're looking at these, these cool verses from Paul, if the Spirit's stirring something in you, you need to set aside some time to pray and think. Makes sense, right? Um, and, and along with that, you need to find someone wise to go and talk to and process this, because this is big, grunty life stuff, right? This is, that's what I was saying at the beginning. This gift is a pretty full-on one. Different from, yeah, I've got the gifts of helps. Who can I help? It's like, whoa, this is a whole life that, a lifestyle that I'm, I'm talking about. So if that's you, I'd encourage you to, to think about it, right? Um, will marriage help me or hold me back from God's calling on my life? A um, couple of illustrations, right? So um, there's a, a friend of mine who's been called by God to be a missionary uh, overseas in a real crazy country. And so she's decided not to be married. And again, Super marriageable, marriageable, whatever that word is. What's that word? Marriageable? Is that it? Marriageable? Thanks, Liz. Shot Liz. Eligible? Even better. Super eligible. So good. Anyway, heaps of people would love to marry her, whatever. Um, but she's chosen. No, because of what God, the call God's put on my life, I will not be able to do that if I get married. And I just go, wow, that's phenomenal to me, right? Um, as you guys know, I've been to India a bunch of times uh, to help at an orphanage and a Bible college over there. And the lady that runs it, her name is Mummy. She has a real name, but no one calls her that. Everyone just calls her Mummy, right? And she's amazing. So she's been a missionary over there now for 65, 66 years, I think it is. Um, never married. And the Indian culture, if you don't know, Indian culture, especially in Kerala, which is the state that she's in, is very male-dominated, very male-dominated, like nothing we would ever experience here. But the thing she's been able to do for God is just incredible as a single woman. It's just like, wow, how does this happen? 
So I got to know her super well and used to have breakfast. I'd have two breakfasts. I'd go and have breakfast with all the boys from the Bible college, which was really cool, and then, then boost back to her place and have breakfast with her. So it was a hard life having two breakfasts. Um, and we hung out. And we'd re- like, she's one of those really cool spiritual people, not like nerdy, weird, but just super cool and like memorized most of the Bible sort of thing. And so we'd have breakfast and talk about scriptures and pray and stuff. And then one morning I asked her and I said, do you ever regret not being married, because she'd been over there for, at that time, about 63 years. I was like, do you ever regret not being married? And this is what she said, and I thought this was amazing. She goes, if I'd been married, I would have depended on my husband, but instead the only person I can depend on is the Lord. And I was just like, oh, that's a huge thing to say in the culture of Aotearoa, but to say that in that Indian culture is just like, wow, that is incredible, right? And the thing she talked about, she only sleeps four or five hours. She's like tiny and skinny, but super powerful. Um, She only sleeps four or five hours a night because she said she just loves to spend a lot of time in prayer and in communion with God. And that's who she depends on. And she said there's been lots of very scary situations that she's been in where she didn't have a husband in that culture to step forward. So she would pray under her breath and like guns. We're talking guns and people trying to steal property and like full on crazy stuff. And she would just pray and then step into that situation as a woman in a culture where she has no voice. And I was like, man, that's a huge thing. She's like, no, I'd, I'm glad I never got married. Woo. Okay, so this is the core of this gift of singleness, right? This is the core. Okay, last one is kind of one of those wild ones that we're all like, snigger, snigger, I think. But maybe not snigger, snigger. I don't know, we'll see. This is the last one. Do you burn, right? I put flames on there, right? Um, do you burn? To me, this is a really, really important um, part of this. So let's look at these verses. Uh, Paul repeats this, which I thought was real interesting. So he's got it right at the beginning, um, verses 8 and 9, uh, and then he has it uh, at the end. So let me read this. Um, so I'm reading from uh, verse 8 of First Corinthians 7. Paul says, So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. <laughs> it's better to marry than to burn with lust, right? Um, I love what he's saying. Let me read that first bit again. I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried, just as I am. And we would go, why? And then we'd read the rest of the chapter and go, oh, it's because they can have so much more time to serve God. They don't have those responsibilities of marriage. Makes sense, eh? Yep, shot team, thank you. And then verse 9, but... If they can't control themselves, then they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry, and I always feel like you have to say it like this, than to burn with lust, right? So I grew up, I grew up a long time ago, and I don't know how many youth talks we had about burning with lust, and it was always intense, and as a young guy, I was always like, I think I know what they're talking about, but I'm not really sure, because I'd never like say sex and all those other weird, it was always just burn with lust, and you're like, oh, I'm freaking out, and not making eye contact with anyone, and Oh, terrifying. All right. Um, So let's go down. So um, chapter 7, verse 36. Uh, Where are we here? Um, This is another kind of angle, saying the same thing, another angle. Uh, If a man thinks that he's treating his fiancée improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not a sin. But if he's decided firmly not to marry and there is no urgency, and this is the key of what we're talking about, Andy can control his passion. He does well not to marry. And this last bit is really good. So the person who marries his fiancé does well, and the person who doesn't marry does even better. (laughs) So why do they do better? Because they have more time to serve the Lord, right? But I love how he puts that. It's really, really clear to me, right? Really clear. Um, Let's look at this quote from 
uh, John Mike This is really cool, I think. Uh, Paul's no stoic. He says, in essence, if you're in love and you can barely keep your hands in your pockets, then get married. <laughs> I love that. Go ahead. In fact, that's one of the ways you know you don't have the gift of singleness. You burn. <laughs> I love it. To burn is a Greek euphemism for raging sexual desire. <laughs> I-, I love that, eh? I love that. Um, one of the big questions this morning, obviously, for those of you who are not married, is do I have the gift of singleness? And a super easy way to figure it out is, thank you, do you burn? <laughs> it's like, if you go, yeah, then you need to get married because you will sin, right? You will. You will fall into sexual sin. You just will. So Paul's saying, get married, and that's a really good thing, right? I, I just love how clear, how blunt he is. Um, I love it. Eh? Let me summarize a little bit here, and then I'm going to pray for us. Um, this is the summary, right, of I think what Paul's saying and, and reflecting on those questions. If you burn, you need to marry because you will sin. <laughs> You'll just fall into sexual sin because within you is that desire, you know, for sex and stuff. Secondly, is the call God has on your life going to be better met if you're married or single? Is the call God has on your life going to be better met if you're married or single? And again, it can be for a time. It's not necessarily, this is not a gift that you have forever, right? It could be like when you're thinking about it, you're like, yeah, at this time, this is good. At this time, I need to stop whatever, you know, I'm going to, for a time, you know. Simply, could you serve God better if you remain single, right? Could you serve God better if you remain single? Okay. Um, let, me, let me pray for us. Hey, worship team, do you guys want to come up? I'm going to pray, and then we'll carry on with the service. Um, I want to pray for anyone in our faith community who's single right now. And I know some of you are single, but you would love to not be single. <laughs> and I know some of you are single, though, because you know you can serve God better like that at this time, which I just find amazing. <laughs> and I think both of those positions are really, really hard. So let's, um, etu, let's all stand up and let me pray. Um, so this is a little prayer from Psalm 119. And then it's from a website that I, I go to a lot for really cool resources, and I love this little prayer. So the first part is literally just quoting some verses out of Psalm 119, and then the end is a little prayer for all of us, right? not just those that are wrestling with this gift of singleness. So let me lead us in this prayer. Uh, kia ora, almighty God. Thank you for these words from Psalm 119. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Almighty God, you are the only one who could ever truly make me happy. No spouse, no friend, no job, no amount of money could ever fill the space inside of me made for you. You are more than enough for me. And yet my heart is still prone to wander. (laughs) Order my loves according to your surpassing worth and beauty. And guard my eyes and mind from being preoccupied with anyone or anything besides you. Capture my heart again and secure it against all of Satan's lies. Yeah, amen.